Om Sam Saraswati Namaha Namaste. Ladies and gentlemen, this evening on page 358 of the Chandipat, we're going to discuss the prayer for forgiveness. Kshamasya. Kshama Prathana. I make Prathana for Kshama. I pray for forgiveness. Continually I commit thousands of mistakes, O Supreme Goddess. But understanding that I'm only trying to serve you, please forgive them all. I mean, everything I'm doing is trying to propitiate you, put you in a better place because of my activities. So you got to forgive me when I do stupid things. I don't know how to welcome you. I don't know how to say goodbye. I don't know how to worship you, O Supreme Goddess. Please forgive me. O Empress of the Gods, I know nothing of mantras. I don't know the ways of righteous conduct. I am devoid of devotion. But, O oh my Goddess, please be satisfied with my worship and let it be complete. I, at least you could consider it complete. At least you could let me off the hook and let me finish it. <laughs> you could say, okay, enough of you. <laughs> Go home. It's enough. It's complete. One who commits a hundred faults yet calls for the mother of the perceivable universe, neither Brahma nor the other gods can rise to the upliftment that is received. No matter, even if you commit hundreds of faults and you do lots of stupid things, if you call with sincerity, Vivek, with sincerity, if you call on Mother, then not even Brahma or other gods can get the kind of comfort that you will get if you really call upon Mother. Oh, Mother of the, of the Universe, I am guilty of error, and I take refuge in you. I am worthy of compassion, do as you will. Uh, so, hey, I, I, I'm a, a, a good candidate to get your compassion. If you're going to be compassionate to anybody, why don't you start right here with me? I am worthy of receiving your compassion. Uh, now, do as you will, or do as you do. Uh, because you're going to do it anyway, so I'm I hereby give you permission to do to me compassionately as I would like you to do. Ah, even though I'm guilty, but I'm taking refuge in you. Ah. Oh, goddess, whatever performance that was committed through ignorance, forgetfulness, or just plain confusion, again, adhisritir, brantya, Mom, all of that, Tatsarvang, Shamyatam Devi, O Supreme Goddess, please forgive. Oh, may you be so gracious. O ruler of desire, mother of existence, embodiment of truth, consciousness, and bliss, please accept this offering with love. O Supreme Divinity, be pleased. O oh, Goddess, you are the protector of the most secret of mystical secrets. Right inside my heart, I gotta go really deep inside in order to find the secret. Please accept the recitation that I have offered and grant to me the attainment of perfection. So, you've got two choices, Mom. Either you say it's good and you accept it, or you grant me the Capacity to make it better. So you'll accept it the next time. Or the time after that. But it gets incrementally better and better and better. So uh, you accept what I'm giving you. Accept all that I've offered to you. Or, and or, grant me the capacity to make it better. Ad infinitum. Um. And now we're going to discuss the 32 
names of Durga. It's a rosary, it's a mala, and uh, you can count those 32 names on your 32 fingers. Durga, Durga Tishamani, Durga Dabinivarini, Durga Machedini, Durga Sadini, Durga Nasini, the reliever of difficulties, who puts difficulties at peace, the dispeller of difficult adversities, who cuts down difficulties, the performer of discipline to expel difficulties, the destroyer of difficulties, who holds the whip to difficulties, I'm going to beat those difficulties right over the head, who sends difficulties to ruin? Who measures difficulties or limits difficulties? Who, who makes difficulties unconscious? They probably are already, but she made them that way. That's why they're difficult. Who destroys the world of difficult thoughts? The mother of difficulties, the perception of difficulties, the intrinsic nature of the soul of difficulties, who searches through difficulties, the knowledge of difficulties, the extrication from difficulties, the continued existence of difficulties, whose meditation remains brilliant when in difficulties, who deludes difficulty, who res resolves difficulties, who is the intrinsic nature of the object of difficulties, the annihilator of the egotism of difficulties, the bearer of the weapon against difficulties, the refinery of difficulties, who is beyond difficulties, accessible with difficulty, the empress of difficulties, who is terrible to difficulties, the lady of difficulties, the illuminator of difficulties, who cuts off difficulties, whoever, whoever will recite this garland of the names of Durga, who takes away all the Durgam, who removes all the difficulties, the reliever of difficulties, will be freed from every type of fear without a doubt. We have no difficulties, nothing to fear. All we have is doing. Let's do one more. This is called Devyaparadik Shamapana Stotram. And this is the, and now, a thought, and now, da -dum, da -dum, a song seeking forgiveness from the goddess for the commission of offenses. Uh, so, uh, Aparad offenses, Kshamapana, I want you to give uh, a, a forgiveness. Stotram, the song, seeking forgiveness from the goddess, Devya, Aparad, Kshamapana, Stotram, for the commission of offenses. Mother, I don't know mantras nor yantras, nor can I sing your praise. I'm pretty lame at that kind of stuff. I don't know how to welcome you, nor how to meditate on your presence. Neither do I know how to sing your glories, nor how to show your mystical signs, all the mudras and kriyas and stuff like that. Nor even how to lament. I'm, I don't even know how to say, I'm sorry, I don't know anything about you. But, but I shall keep on calling you Anyway, whether you like it or not, I'm, gonna, I'm not stopping. Oh, you who take away the difficulties of all, I'm going to keep calling. Oh, energy of infinite goodness, mother of the universe, I don't know the systems of worship. Neither have I sufficient wealth with which to serve you. You need $15 million. Yeah. <laughs> My nature is lazy. I don't know the correct performance of worship. And for these reasons, whatever deficiencies exist in my service to your lotus feet, please pardon, O oh Mother, because a child can be bad, but a mother can never be bad. No, no, 
No. There are no Kumatas. There's only Kubutras. The kids can goof off. We're lazy. We're lethargic. It's hard to get motivated. It's hard to get focused. Why should I... From where will I get the energy and the resources to do all that? But mother's never bad. No, she's not. Mother, on this earth you have so many honest and simple children. Look at them all. Hey guys, look at all the honest and simple children. And among them I am your extremely fickle child. Sometimes I dig over here, sometimes I dig over there. If you can dig it, you can join me. Uh, but I dig many shallow wells. And I give up so easily. I am your extremely fickle child. I alone am the most inconstant. Oh, you have so many honest and sincere devotees. All your kids are good, but look at me. <laughs> Sorry about that, Mom. Oh, goddess of goodness, it is not fitting for you to discard me. I'm still your kid. For, because a child can be bad, but a mother can never be bad. Kuputro jayete pachitpi, kumata nabavati. No, no, no. Oh, mother of the universe, oh goddess, I have yet to serve your respected lotus feet. I just gawk at them. And then I forget. <laughs> I go off and do something else. And then I get into trouble and I remember them. <laughs> I come back. I have yet to serve your respected lotus feet. I have not offered my wealth to you lavishly. I mean, I don't have $15 million. <laughs> Even still, you show your most excellent love to this worthless being. <laughs> because... A child can be bad, but a mother can never be bad. No, not at all. Moms are good. I mean, they love their kids whether we remember their lotus feet or not. <laughs> she still cooks for us. She still feeds for us. Every time I fall, she picks me up and brushes me off and puts me on her lap and says, Don't cry, Swami. <laughs> It'll be okay. Because a child can be bad, but mothers are never bad. Oh, mother of all auspiciousness, I have abandoned the service of various gods, being absorbed in multifarious activities for many years, at least 50. When was this written? <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> at that time, at least 50 years had passed <laughs> where I had abandoned because I didn't, I didn't do puja to the gods because I was so busy thinking about me and all about my multifarious activities. <laughs> And all about all the other stuff that I wanted to do because I want to be me. I want to be successful and I want to be recognized as a successful me. So I didn't do puja. And I didn't remember all the gods. I was too busy thinking about me. For at least 50 years. And this was written 30 years ago? <laughs> oh my God. Now, I am fully dependent on you. <laughs> if you don't show your grace to me, where else shall I go to take refuge? Mom? I mean, if my own mom won't accept me, if she won't give me her grace, then where? Sharanye! Sharanya, where will I go to take Sharan? Where will I get that refuge if I don't get it from my mom? Even though I've been so absorbed with myself for the last 50 years or more. Uh, 
Well, you got to do it, Mom. Sorry. No two ways about it. It's up to you. Mother of excellence, your mantra has such power that even if even one letter should touch the air, a fool becomes an eloquent speaker, and his discourse becomes an excellent exposition. Just look at living proof. <laughs> Here he is, this excellent exposition to, from an eloquent speaker because one letter touched my ear. I don't know, maybe 50 or more years ago, but even still, uh, you fool <laughs> can become eloquent. <laughs> when hearing but one letter can produce such an effect, everyone listen to this, please. If it could happen to me, one letter could produce such an effect. Then who can speak for those souls who regularly perform your worship according to the injunctions of Scripture? What excellent result will be attained by them? If hearing one letter touches the ear of fool, endemurk, endemapadarth, someone who is totally useless and foolish can become an eloquent speaker and his discourse will become an excellent exposition, then what about all those devotees who every day recite the entire worship, they recite the entire chandipat from beginning to end, and they make jap, and they make tap, and they make mudras and kriyas, and all the whole nine yards. What excellent result will be attained by them? Just think of the possibilities. Multiply, multiply them by the probabilities. He who bespears his body with ashes from the funeral pyre. Chief. Who consumes the poison? The guy with the blue throat. Chief. Who remains naked? Swami. <laughs> no, Chief. <laughs> who has long matted locks of hair? That's not me. <laughs> a little bit thin on top, but that sheep. And where's the king of snakes around his neck as a garland? Who has his hand in his hand a cup made of bone? The Lord of Spirits, the Lord of Animals, Pashupati, not. Who is known as the Lord of the Universe? How did he acquire his greatness? How did she become chief? He simply accepted your hand in marriage. <laughs> he married well. <laughs> Good choice, Sheev. Oh, Empress of Being, that is the method of his attainment. <laughs> the only way she became Sheev, that Pashupatina, he wears the ashes, he drinks poison, he remains naked, he, he drinks bong, he has long matted locks of hair, wears the king of snakes around his neck. He's got a cup made out of bone. And he, how did he become great in this world? He married into it. <laughs> He's no dummy. <laughs> he married well. He came and he found a beautiful lady in a golden sari with a red border, and he said, I want to be the Lord of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mother, from whose face shines forth the luster of the moon, I have no desire for liberation because I'm not bound. The only one who wants liberation is someone who's bound. If you're tied up to the pillar and you're bound, they say, please liberate me. But if you're already free, what do you want? The continued existence of freedom. I have no desire for liberation, nor expectation of status in the eyes of others. Oh, what am I going to do with your praise? And what does it matter if you blame me? I have no expectation 
of any status. Neither do I search for worldly knowledge or comfort. From you I have only one earnest entreaty, that I pass my life, as long as I live, this live in this body, I carry this body around with me, I passed my entire life in contemplations of the compassionate one, the reliever of sufferings, infinite goodness, infinite goodness, the female ruler of being. Just let me make job of your name. As long as I've got this body, that's the only thing I want. I don't want liberation, I'm not bound. I have no need to be liberated. I don't need status in the eyes of People. What, what good is that going to do if they praise me or say, God, you did a good job, Swami. I just want to say, Rudrani Shiva Shiva Bhavani Iti Nam Japata. I just want to pass my life in contemplation, in Jap, in, of the names, the compassionate one, Ridani of the reliever of sufferings, Rudrani, Shiva, Shiva, Bhavani. Ridani, Rudrani, Shiva, Shiva, Bhavani. Japataha. That's all I want to do. What do you need $15 million for? <laughs> oh, unknowable one! I have no such capacity to please you with worship according to the scriptures with the offering of various articles. Always thinking of my own deficient circumstances. What mistakes has my speech not revealed? Still, oh mother. <laughs> Look at me. I'm always thinking of my own deficiency. How can I give to you lavishly? <laughs> I only contemplate I need more. How can I serve you? I'm always thinking of my own circumstance. What mistakes has my speech not revealed? Still, oh mother, you make the effort to place your gracious look upon me, this helpless one. That verifies your worthiness. Ediyatumar Adhikar Janatana. You are so worthy that you could love even a worthless fool like me. That verifies your worthiness. You are such a compassionate mother as to be able to give even a bad child like me a refuge and mercy. It's true. Oh, Mother, reliever of difficulties, ocean of mercy, I am remembering you today having fallen into difficulties. Of course, that's the only time I think of you. <laughs> but there I am. I request you to disregard my wickedness. We call you as children perplexed by hunger and thirst would remember their mother being away from her breast. Mother of the universe, it is no surprise that you bestow your abundant mercy and grace on me, your child, who commits error after error continually. Continually. One after the other. Aparada parang parang. I, error after error continually. <laughs> That's my nature. But you are mother, and hence you cannot disregard or ignore me, your child. Oh, great goddess, there is no greater evildoer than I. And there is no other who takes away sin as you. With such understanding, do what is proper. Um. I can give you the drink cold water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think that? <laughs> oh, mom, it's true. With I, I, with such understanding, you you do jabot. 
जैसे करना चाहिए या ऐसे करेंगे यू नो वेर आई स्टैंड आई मिक्स द्रेजी मिक्स दिन I'm calling to you with sincerity. I make mistakes all the time. I really do. And you're the mother. So you could forgive me. Can you? Yes. <laughs> I got it. It's good. Om Sam Saraswati Namaha. Namaste. I suggest you all get in line right now. She's in a good giving mood. Everybody, oh, open up your jola. Oh, put out hot filau. Open up your hands and accept the grace of the Divine Mother because if she's going to give to me, a worthless fool who commits mistake after mistake, not only mistakes but apparat, error after error, Not just again on the Smritya Brantya. I do stupid things from ignorance, from forgetfulness, and just plain confusion. All of that. Please forgive, Mom. Let's see if there are any questions. We have a question from Ambika in Princeton. Namaste, Ambika, Ma. Namaste, Sham. Namaste. Does mother grant us forgiveness and give us the capacity to do better in our life or does she help us learn to ask for forgiveness better? I ask this because no matter how heartfelt our asking for forgiveness might be, some people still cannot accept it. What to do? Well, both of them are true. As soon as you ask for forgiveness, it works on all levels, on the gross body, the subtle body, the causal body. You will extend forgiveness to the creation. And you will ask from the Divine Mother for forgiveness and you will forgive yourself. Because we are all Kuputra. We're all foolish children. We're all bad kids. But there are no bad mothers. They all want the best for their kids. So it works on every level, Ambika. It, it, it's, it's true in every relationship that I want to ask forgiveness for others as I want others to forgive me and I want you to forgive us all. And it's true on the gross body, the subtle body, and the causal body, in every relationship. Yes, please. We have a question from Sadatmananda in Washington. Namaste, Sadatmananda. Namaste. One who commits a hundred faults, yet calls for the mother of the perceivable universe, neither Brahma nor the other gods can rise to the upliftment that is received. Does this mean that by being in manifested existence and praying to the mother, we are in a higher place than the gods? Yep, it does. As soon as you pray to her, you focus on her, you, you pay attention to her, you give her the intensity of your sincerity. You're higher than the gods. Now when you stop praying, then you may think about, now what? <laughs> But while you are praying, you're there. You're one with her. You are a child of God. And you reach to that, that status in the hierarchy of spirit where you are higher than the gods. Because the gods are illuminated. They just shine light. But you give devotion. And devotion is even greater than shining light. The devotion is what causes the lights to shine. Without devotion, how can illuminated beings illuminate? What will they illuminate? Do you know when devotees stop making sacrifice then the gods get hungry and then they get weak and then they get inefficient and then they get incompetent and then they become human beings and the Asuras attack and throw them out of heaven and then they come down to earth and take on the bodies of human beings and the whole thing starts all over again. <laughs> 
So when you're a devotee, you give devotion and you nourish the gods and you empower the gods and you make them shine and you make them illuminate and then you are higher than the gods because you are the source of their inspiration. That's why devotees need gurus and gurus need devotees. There's a reciprocity that exists between gurus and disciples and disciples and gurus. We have a question from Sharanya in Walnut Creek. Namaste Sharanya! Pranam, can you explain verse 18, Durga, as the continued existence of difficulties? It seems contradictory for an aspect of Devi who is supposed to take away the difficulties. Not necessarily, Sharanya. When you recognize her as the continual existence of difficulties, they cease to be difficulties. They become manifestations of the goddess. How else will you give up all the difficulties? We've been calling on Durga to come and take away all the difficulties, and we called her by many names, and now all of a sudden, I perceive there are no difficulties. There's just Durga. There's just the Divine Mother. In, in, she is the one active principle in this universe. And it is her giving darshan to me, giving me a means by which I can remember her. So the continual existence, I say, oh, when are these difficulties going to go away? They won't go. But if I say, oh, those aren't difficulties, that's Darshan of the Divine Mother. She is the continual existence of, the, of difficulties. They cease to be difficult. I say, Mother, show me the key. How do I extricate myself from these difficulties? She said, that's also one of my names. Who takes away the difficulties, who extricates the people who are in difficulties. This present difficulty. Is the glass half full or is the glass half empty? That's up to you. Namaste. Mm -hmm. We have a question from Swarupananda. Namaste Swarupananda. Pranam. These prayers for forgiveness seem to instill great hum humility in us. You and Ma have told us that these things are simple, though that these things are simple and that we can do them with ease. How do we reconcile these two attitudes? Well, they're not, they're not in opposition. It is very simple to be humble. All you've got to do is remember your kuputro. <laughs> you're a bad kid. No matter what you did, it's not enough. You're a bad kid. So, now, once you understood that, you just move out into the doghouse and set up housekeeping there, and then you can live in the doghouse. Why do you have to worry about coming in the main house? You will be in the doghouse forever and ever and ever. And when you see it is, well, this is my house. <laughs> then it's no longer in the doghouse. You're at your home. That's as high as you're going to rise in the, in the hierarchy of things. Cause kuputra jayeta kochitmi kumata navavati. There are no bad mothers. No, no, no. Mothers are always right. Just move into the doghouse and accept the fact you are kuputra. That's all. Now, if that doesn't make you humble, <laughs> then there, you you got to learn what humility means. That's why you're known, you're known as Swarup, the intrinsic nature. We have a question from Julia. Namaste, Julia. I hope you're not breathing smoke. Namaste. Not being disrespectful, dear Swamiji, uh -oh. but I wonder when you talk about your seeming shortcomings and faults, it seems like you're in self-deprecation. How can we talk about our errors without complicating it with self-deprecation? Well, there's a little bit of difference between self-deprecation, which says, poor me, and Aparad Shamapana, which says, 
great you. <laughs> because I'm telling you what the verses say. He's saying you're kuputro. Your circumstance is deficient. You don't know how to man make mantras or yantras or tantras. You don't know how to worship. Now, Shankaracharya is telling me that from 3,000 years ago. I'm not in self-deprecation saying, poor me. I'm saying that is my true nature. <laughs> he saw me coming. <laughs> that Shankaracharya saw me from 3,000 years ago. He said, oh, that Swami character is going to come and he's going to be Kuputra. <laughs> and he wrote this just for me. Now, I'm not deprecating myself because I'm deficient. I, I, don't, I think there's a little bit of difference between being conforming, being in conformance with the definition and being self-deprecating. <laughs> self-deprecation says, I'm so sorry, I'm in conformance with the, de with the definition. <laughs> Poor me. <laughs> if only I hadn't made the mistake. But Shankaracharya says, hey, Kuputra, hey, bad boy, oh, lazy boy, oh, why don't you finish your job? Do it right. You got a point there. <laughs> Thank you, Shankaracharya. And that's the difference, Julia Ma. Uh, it, it's, there's, there's a difference between being humble and, and in conformance with the definition and being self-deprecating. Mm -hmm. Remember, self-deprecation is always saying, poor me. <laughs> Please, don't hit me again. <laughs> and being humble, just, I can accept that I live in the doghouse. <laughs> and if you let me out to go for a walk every now and then, it's, it's very generous of you. <laughs> Because Kumata Nabavati, there are no bad mothers. No, no, no. Yes, please. We have a question from Nanda in San Jose. Namaste, Nanda. Namaste. If we commit the same mistake again and again and then say, forgive me, are we being truly sorry? Or does asking for forgiveness imply that we are actively trying to make changes in our lives? Why did he, she call us fools? <laughs> I mean, a fool is someone who does the same behavior over and over again, hoping we're going to get a different result. <laughs> we're still doing the same stupid stuff and hoping that we won't get the same karma. <laughs> no, it's a little bit different from that. <laughs> if we do... If, if we really are sorry, we're going to take the lesson and try to do it a little differently next time. And maybe one time she'll bless us with the proper understanding and then we can do it right the first time or the first, the next time in the, which will be the first time I ever did it right. I'm still waiting for that experience, so you'll have to excuse me. I can't tell you what it's like to do it right. I live in the doghouse. <laughs> Namaste. We have a question from Moshami and Siddharth. Namaste, Moshami. Namaste, Siddharth. Pranam. Verse 7 says, Shiva attained his attainment by marrying Parvati. Yep. Does it imply that we can automatically get Shiva's blessing by worshiping Parvati? In the Malika, Malikarjun story, when Malika died, Parvati became Malika to console Malika's mother, who was a Shiva devotee. So can we please Parvati too by worshiping Shiva? What wife isn't pleased when her husband is praised? What husband isn't pleased when his wife is praised? Doesn't that mean you, did a, you, you made a good choice? <laughs> you married well? Obviously, if you can worship each other, if a husband can worship his wife, or if a devotee worships the husband and the wife is pleased, if a devotee worships the wife, the husband is pleased. Everyone's pleased when they're worshiping. It's not who you worship, Mushami. It's that you worship. It doesn't matter who's 
getting the puja and who's not getting the puja. Believe me, I understand that. I live in the doghouse. It's that the worship is being offered. And if it's offered to her, boy, I get some prasad. <laughs> a little bit anyway. Uh, at least I, I get a little gasoline money for the car. <laughs> Otherwise, I can't drive home. <laughs> They're going to certainly want to give me gas money or they have to feed me. <laughs> so if, if they worship your husband, they're honoring you. And if they worship you, they're honoring your husband. So it's not a question of who is getting worship. It's a question that worship is being performed. Worship is offered. Yes, please. We have a question from Sadatmananda. Yes, Sadatmananda. Does the Devya Prada Kshama Panamastotra? No, please don't say about that. <laughs> please! I pray. I don't know mantras. I don't know yantra. I don't know Sanskrit. I, well, here's proof! This is the Pujari of the deity wonder. You can say the deity of the deity of the Yes, please. Ask the question. I'm sorry, I didn't say, does the prayer for forgiveness? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute here, this is a Sanskrit student. <laughs> does the prayer for forgiveness take care of the verse 4 of chapter 13? Wait, that's the wrong question. Does the prayer for forgiveness embody the bhava? Does the prayer for forgiveness embody the bhava of the chandi? Or does it, is it, or does it embody the bhava that we should strive to have towards mother? Well, it is one of the attitudes of the Chandi. It is one of the attitudes that I am a humble devotee and I am praying to you with all sincerity because the ego won the boon, I can't slay him. I know that. It's written. Now, if I understand that principle, why am I going to go fight with him? My only battle is to fight with me. I got to keep my attention focused on you so that I could pray to you with pure love and true sincerity and an intensity of focus, an intensity of attentiveness that I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to worship you with a wandering mind. And if I can win that battle, Jomong Jayati Sanrame, whoever can defeat me in the battle, who can surrender all his egotism to me, who can see the strength, the force, the energy of the, of the universe as one within me, he will be my husband. Whoever could pay attention and serve me and love me, and give me respect, and take me to the therapist. <laughs> take me shopping. And see all the force of the universe as one within me. Sami Bartha Bhavishyati. He. He. He will be my husband. <laughs> We have a question from Lori in Calgary. Namaste, Lori. Pranam, does this prayer for forgiveness take care of the verse 4 of chapter 13, which says, you, this businessman, and all others of discrimination are being deluded, have been deluded, and will be deluded? <laughs> well, it certainly explains uh, why we're deluded. We are all kubutra. We're all bad kids. We forget about her, we're thinking about ourselves. I think about what I gotta do, what I should do, and how I can get more for me. I'm, all, I'm not serving you lavishly. I'm always thinking about, about my own deficiencies. I'm not even paying attention to the mantras. Did you just hear the title of the last song? I'm not even learning the Sanskrit. I'm not learning the mudras. I'm not learning the asana, the pranaya. I'm not even paying attention to you when I'm there worshiping you. My mind is all around the world. So does it take care of it? And it certainly explains why we're doing it. Mama, please forgive me. I know I 
been diluted, I will be diluted, and I'm continually being diluted, and it's going to go on with the regularity of a water wheel. Now, please forgive me. That's your nature. I am Kuputro, you are not. You are Kumatam Nabavati. There is no such thing as a bad mother. You are the mother of the universe. How could you be bad? So save me. Save me. I'm trying to escape. I want liberation from delusion. I'm trying to escape the delusion. So in that way, it explains or amplifies, it, it, it expounds upon the eloquency of verse 4, which says, you have been deluded, you are being deluded, and you will be deluded. Don't kid yourself, kids. <laughs> don't, don't kid yourselves. Look at me, I'm so spiritual. I even sang the Chandi today. Look at how spiritual I am. I should go sit in the kitchen and talk about enlightenment. We have a question from Robert and Elise. Namaste, Eric. The Chandi states, if you hear just, the Chandi states, if you just hear one syllable. One letter of one syllable. One letter of one syllable. Yep. A fool becomes an eloquent speaker. Who are you listening to? <laughs> Can you speak more about the meaning of that idea? I just did. <laughs> you are listening to a fool. And one letter of one syllable has touched my ear with the grace of the Divine Mother. And my foolish talking has become an eloquent discourse. And they're even posting it on the website so that we can listen to it again. <laughs> That's obvious. <laughs> what more need be said? I rest my case. We have a question from Julia. Namaste, Julia. One of the lines says, I am devoid of devotion. Yes. It doesn't seem true. How can we sing this prayer if we were devoid of devotion? You got it. <laughs> it's true. Well, that's part of your humility. If Shankaracharya can say, I don't have any devotion. If Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva can say, I don't have any devotion. Then what to say about we fools who are Kuputra? We, we are relying upon the grace of Mother that one letter of one syllable touched our ear and, and our foolish discourse becomes eloquent. That's a symbol of our of your humility. It's a symbol also of my foolishness. <laughs> she has another part to the question. Yes, please. Also, the voice of these forgiveness prayers seems different. Were they written in different, maybe later periods? No, they were written in the same period in different styles of poetry. Uh, and they are in different meters. Uh, so, Akshama uh, Pratana is written in Ashtup Chanda, and Devi Aparag Shamapana Stotram is a Stotram written in Dvipada Trishtup. We have a question from Sadatmananda. Namaste, Sadatmananda. Namaste. Being absorbed in multifarious activities for many years, at least 50. I'm confused as to what I'm telling her. Could you explain what this means for somebody who hasn't been in their body for 50 years? Well, I, maybe you've been there for 20 years and you've been absorbed in multifarious activities. What, what, what have you been doing the last 20 years, Sadatmananda? Huh? Were you singing the Chandi every day and doing the puja? Or were you absorbed in multifarious activities? You, did, you went to school, you played uh, cowboys and Indians, you wanted to be a fireman. You want, yeah, there were so many things that you did. You had so many different heroes and so many ex examples and so many uh, desires and what, all the stuff that you wanted to do. It changed over the years. You were absorbed in so many multifarious activities, I can't count them all. I'll bet you'll be hard-pressed to define. Not even 50 years, even in 20 years, how many different things did you do? And where was your mind all that time? Was it at the lotus feet of the Divine Mother? Or was it 
roaming around the universe and the, the world of objects and relationships. You weren't thinking of mom for the last 20 years. <laughs> you were going to school and you were coming home and doing homework and watching TV and going out to play with your friends and going to here and there and the other place. And you did some things that I don't even want to talk about on camera. <laughs> <laughs> And you, you had quite a lot. You did quite a lot in 20 years. <laughs> Just wait till you're 50 and you say that. Wait till you're 70 and you say that. Wait until you're 80. <laughs> we have a question from Ambika. Namaste, Ambika Ma. <laughs> Is there a difference between devotion and pure devotion? Yes. <laughs> uh, I love your dress. And I love the book, and I love the meal, <laughs> and I love the movie, and I love you, and I love my guru, and I love God. Is there a difference in my love affairs? Can you think of any difference in the intensity and the quality and the characterization of the various loves that are in my life described by the same word? I mean, I really love your dress, but I like the person in the dress better than I like the dress. And I really like the person in the dress, but I like the, 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 what she shows me and what she shares with me even better than the, the, than the individual. I like her because of what she gives to me, she shows to me. She shows me the purity of her soul. And I like the purity of her soul because that takes me closer to my guru. Who is the embodiment of the purest soul that I could even conceive? And I like the guru because she takes me to the gods and shows me how to worship, shows me how to offer my devotion. And I like the gods because they take me to Satchitananda, to Nirakar Brahman. They take, she, the guru, the gods, they all take me beyond beyond duality, until I can enter into unity. And I've got a different love, a different intensity, a different devotion, a different quality, a characteristic of my devotion, a quality of my devotion, an intensity of my devotion, the sincerity with which I'm absorbed in that devotion is a little bit different. And when we talk about pure, we're talking about the whole enchilada. We're talking about really pure devotion where there is no me. There's just you. Om Sam Saraswati Namaha Namaste.